Welcome to the Work Camper Show, a podcast devoted to helping you discover how to finance your RV travel dreams. I'm Steve Anderson, the president of Work Camper News. Each one of our episodes will either introduce you to people who are already living the RV lifestyle or to opportunities to work short-term jobs. You'll also learn how to hit the road the right way and make the most of every opportunity. Now let's turn over today's show to your host, Greg Gerber. Thank you, Steve. Today I'll be interviewing two women who tow a 28-foot Airstream while operating a personal coaching business to help people break through the fear that holds their ambitions hostage. This episode has been sponsored by Work Camper News. With its diamond and platinum membership tools, Work Camper News is much more than just a job listing website. When you put the tools of this professional service into action, you'll find out just how easy it can be to turn your work camping dreams into reality. The one-year memberships open the door to a one-stop shop for all things work camping. Being the original resource for work camping, you'll find the largest number of job listings, be able to connect with the community of work campers, and peruse resources compiled by experts who've been enjoying the lifestyle for many years. Most Diamond and Platinum members receive inquiries from their online resumes within a day of being posted. The Work Camper Experiences section has been piling up reviews of employers since 2007. Each archived issue of Work Camper News Magazine lists hundreds of jobs. Hotline jobs are emailed right to you for the states that you're most interested in visiting. If you're serious about leading a successful and enjoyable work camping lifestyle, then a Diamond or Platinum membership is for you. You can even get started with a free 30-day trial by visiting www.workcamper.com forward slash trial. Embark on new adventures today with the support of Work Camper News behind you. Jenny and Meredith Mustafa Julak started a full-time RVing about a year ago. Jenny has been working as a personal life coach since 2006, and Meredith serves as a CEO to manage and promote the business. As a coach, Jenny applies her natural curiosity to helping people identify their purpose and then planning a path to pursue it. She calls it impatient ambition when people in their 40s and 50s, who've already accomplished a lot in their lives, still want to do more. Jenny helps them get out of their own way to achieve their dreams by silencing the irksome, obnoxious voice in the backs of their heads, which she affectionately calls Hilda, that tells people that they really can't do anything and shouldn't even try. Jenny actually completed advanced courses in coaching while obtaining a master's degree in public administration, Most of Jenny's coaching sessions take place online using Zoom, which is something she did long before COVID made it a necessity. Meredith, on the other hand, was a special education teacher and principal who specialized in teaching deaf people before embracing adult learning and eventually taking over administrative responsibilities for the Coach Jenny business. In fact, both women are fluent in sign language. The 28-foot travel trailer is a big upgrade from the 16-foot Airstream they had when they started their adventure. The first RV was just too small for their needs. They love the RVing lifestyle because it allows them to be untethered. In fact, they often enjoy working outside wherever they travel. By exchanging their apartment in downtown Los Angeles for an Airstream, Jenny and Meredith were able to reduce their monthly expenses by 40%, which made a travel lifestyle much more affordable. Their biggest challenge is usually trying to maintain a stable internet connection, but their cellular data plan available through the Family Motor Coach Association has been relatively reliable. 
However, because good internet connections are essential to the effective operation of their business, they describe some redundancies they've put in place. To tell us more about their business and how it finances their RV travel dreams, please welcome Jenny and Meredith Mustafa Julak to the show. Thanks for joining me today, Jenny and Meredith. I really appreciate your time. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and where you are right now. So, hi, I am so excited. Thank you for having us. This is so exciting. So we are calling in right now from Birmingham, Alabama. We are relatively new to this uh, full-time RV lifestyle. We joined the tribe in um, July of 2021, and we are running my coaching practice from the road. So I have been working as a life and business coach since 2006 and in 2021. My wife, Meredith, who's here, uh, she joined my business as CEO of my one woman shop, now a two woman shop. Okay. And so you are running a business from your RV. You're not doing what we would consider traditional work camping jobs, like working in campgrounds or retail centers and things like that. Correct. Okay. So we are running our business, our, our online primarily business from inside of the campgrounds, but it is definitely to us, it does feel like we're camping because we have found ways to have outdoor offices under the, our fabulous clam. And as long as uh, we can figure out the Wi-Fi, we can yes. run our empire from anywhere. That is a very common problem in the RV industry is how to get that Wi-Fi. What's your solution for that? Meredith, <laughs> we have, um, we definitely have researched and um, kind of failed through many different hotspots. Um, but I would say the thing that we found best is through the Family Motor Coach Association actually has been really, really helpful. And we subscribe to their hotspot and it's incredibly cheap and it is unlimited and it has never, ever failed us, not once on the road. Um, and so that's been huge, huge help in running an online business. Well, that's interesting. I'd never even heard of that. How much do they charge? Yeah. Um, I believe the unlimited is $50 a month. That's a bargain. Yes, it is. And it's a little uh, hotspot, a little bit bigger than a business card. I would say it's like smaller than an iPhone, bigger than a business card mm -hmm. um, that you carry around. It's rechargeable. It works. It works great. And having that unlimited access, we are on Zoom calls and doing live streaming all the time. We're really impressed with it. When I was full timing from 2014 to 2017, I could I had to limit it to 40 gigabytes a month, I think is what it was. And it was something like 150. 50 to $200. So it's like, what a bargain to have unlimited internet access for $50. That's cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And we have redundant systems in case something doesn't work quite right. You know, we have our, you know, our phones hotspots, and then we have another hotspot that we can pay uh, for a certain amount of gigs or whatever, but that has been just incredibly useful. And I think it's because it's made by um, an organization that understands nomads. Right. Absolutely. That does make play a big role in all of that. What type of RV do you folks live in? So we started out with an Airstream Nest. Um, we called her Stella and she <laughs> has been absolutely amazing to us um, because we weren't sure if we were going to really enjoy the full-time lifestyle. We got a really small 16 foot trailer on purpose so that we could see if we liked it before buying a newer or bigger trailer. Um, and so happy to report, we completely fell in love 
with this lifestyle. Um, and so we recently said goodbye to Stella because we have a new 28 foot trailer Whoa. on order, which, and so she'll come soon to get us back on the road. 28 feet. That's quite a bump. It's a massive bump because our 16 foot trailer, the, the Airstream Nest is an uh, experiment that they did for a couple of years with a fiberglass trailer. It's really cute, totally worth a Google. Um, but the couch dinette and bed is one space and you have to pick one at a time <laughs> and so our new trailer we got a new airstream the pottery barn edition we're really excited about has a separate couch a separate dinette and a separate bedroom so we're going to have a lot more elbow room and we won't have to choose <laughs> if we're going to work at a dinette or just sit in the bed um <laughs> that was definitely uh, a wake-up call do you travel with pets we do not yet, but I have to tell you, we're, we're currently visiting um, Meredith's parents and their dogs are getting into Meredith's heart and she's already naming a pet that doesn't exist yet. Uh -oh. So yeah, RV, RV camping and just the whole camping world in, in general, we're definitely realizing we're the only ones that don't have pets or kids. So we might have to get on that bandwagon too. What attracted you to this lifestyle? So it's an interesting story, actually, um, kind of unbeknownst to us of what would happen when we chose this as one of our words of the year. Um, we chose the word untethered. Um, and slowly but surely, several months after we chose that word is when we started our RV lifestyle. And we really just... It just it's something that calls to us. Yeah, I what really kind of got me going is I became just endlessly fascinated by the concept of schoolies, you know, where they take a school bus, they gut it and they turn it into this really cool camper. I watched thousands of hours of YouTube video on that. And so it, that was like a weird hobby I had of watching these YouTube videos, but I was just fascinated by how everybody had that untethered life. They were able to just pick up and go anywhere they wanted. Meredith and I had already moved from city to city, kind of collecting hometowns as we like to call it, but we were moving every five or six years. The concept of moving every five or six days really appealed to us. And that's what drew us in. But also there was a financial piece that I think a lot of work campers would understand. Meredith was ready to retire from her career in education. And in order to do that, we needed to do something radically to make that financially feasible. So leaving our Los Angeles apartment and the lifestyle and the expenses that go with that to live into this small trailer allowed us to reduce our expenses by like 40%. And that really allowed for us to move a lot faster towards what we wanted to do. Did you find some freedom in downsizing as well? <sighs> yes. Oh, <laughs> extraordinarily so. Um, I mean, it just, at first, you know, you start going through things and you realize, you know, I'm attached to this. I don't want to part with it, but really, it really is genuinely true. Like how much freer and lighter we feel like, I feel like we can pick up and do anything and go anywhere and see anything or see anyone and nothing is weighing us down like mentally or physically, which is, is pretty incredible. So I had kind of anticipated it to be the other way of like losing. I love cooking. I lost my KitchenAid mixer, like losing all these <laughs> things that I had felt so attached to, um, but actually felt really freeing. 
And once you got your Blackstone griddle, that became the new KitchenAid picture. <laughs> Who's she kidding? <laughs> and and I think it's funny that you folks kind of settled on that untethered theme before you even jumped into an RV. Yeah, I have to say, I feel like the pandemic played a part in that. You know, when the pandemic lockdown hit, we were in downtown Los Angeles. So we were pretty locked down in our apartment. Mm -hmm. And while that's a small space too, it's a lot larger than what we just moved into, but it felt completely tethered. We felt completely stuck and unable to really experience even seasons. You know, in Los Angeles, there's not many seasons. So it... It was lovely, and we were very fortunate that, for the most part, we weren't affected by the pandemic beyond that, but it really made us want to get out and see more of the world, see more seasons, see more um, vistas, and that made such a difference. It must have been quite a shock for you guys to leave Los Angeles and realize that people can actually drive more than 10 miles an hour. (laughs) Yeah, and real quick story on that. You know, we were brand new to this. Most of the people that we've met that are full-time RVers um, had RV'd as kids or um, had been RVing on the weekends for a long time. We just jumped straight in, which was a bit of an experiment, I will say. But we had to learn how to tow for the first time on the Hollywood Freeway in Los Angeles. So we're ready for anything. (laughs) Yes, I some of the most harrowing things that I had experienced as a full-time RVer was driving the freeways of Los Angeles. I mean, those drivers are like little kamikazes coming off of those (laughs) on-ramps onto the main road. And it's just like, holy smokes. Yeah, it's got to be intense, but at least we knew where we were going there. So Mm -hmm. that was a, that gave us a leg up. What are some of the places that you visited since you left last July? Well, we started in Los Angeles with a beeline in mind to get to Birmingham, Alabama. We went from 4th of July until Thanksgiving. So we had kind of a path that we wanted to get to. And so we went through the entire Southern states. And then after we visited for Thanksgiving on to Florida, but some of the places that are kind of standouts for us was Arizona. First of all, we had never been to Arizona and we were planning to go through Southern Arizona, but the wildfires rerouted us. And so we ended up getting to see the Grand Canyon, which was as magical as it was 10 times as magical as I expected, to be honest. And Flagstaff, Arizona, if we ever settle down, I think we might go back to Flagstaff. That is a beautiful, amazing place. Um, And then we went through like West Texas. Oh, the suns, the sunsets in Western Texas Mm -hmm. really surprised us. We, you know, being coastal girls growing up on the East coast, living in LA, I always thought that the best sunsets were of course on the water. But wouldn't you say the sunsets in West Texas were some of the best we've ever seen? Uh, We actually extended our stay in Texas um, for several weeks so that we could take advantage and really enjoy them. I mean, it was just simply stunning. That's neat. And I, Flagstaff, I'm an Arizona resident, so Flagstaff, I'm very familiar with that. And one of the most, the prettiest drives in the country, I think, is from Flagstaff to Sedona. There's a Highway 89A is what it's called. So beautiful. And we did that drive. We were not anticipating how difficult it would be yes. because, um, holy, mo- we were not towing, thank goodness. But when we got down to some of those like lower uh, levels of that area, seeing people that had set up camp with 42 foot trailers, we're like, how on earth did you get this down that mountain? Um, but you're right. Sedona was absolutely breathtaking, otherworldly. That's right. Other people wouldn't realize what the switchbacks were like until they actually drove on that highway. 
Oh yeah. Again, we were just in the car. I cannot imagine trying to do that while towing. Um, So it is a beautiful country. I'm very jealous. We want to definitely come back and explore a lot more of Arizona. Now, Jenny, have you always been a coach counselor kind of thing, kind of person? (laughs) I have, you know, it's always been kind of part of my DNA of wanting to be somebody who is one really nosy, meaning I ask a lot of questions that are none of my freaking business, which I think is something that a great coach does is constantly curious and wants to know more. Um, But to somebody who's just really driven to help people. Mm -hmm. And how long have you been doing this? So professionally, I've been a coach since 2006. So I started my business then um, as I used to call myself the audacity coach. Um, But now I switched to just calling myself coach Jenny. So as I kind of grow and iterate, uh, my business does with me. What kind of training did you have to have to do this? So there's a lot of different training opportunities in coaching now, but I actually studied coaching in graduate school. I have my my master's in public administration with a focus in organizational development, and I studied the art of coaching and facilitation throughout grad school. Um, But I will tell you that while that academic training absolutely helped me get prepped, most of the training is actually working with clients. That's where I really learned how to hone my craft. That's right. I was looking on your website and you call it a fancy pants education. (laughs) That's exactly right. I call it my fancy pants education because a lot of people with coaching go to a a coach school where, and and I'm putting no disparaging at all, but you go to a coaching school where the admission criteria is your credit card clears. I had to actually apply to graduate school, get really good grades and do really well to um, be able to do what I do for a living. So I like to call it my fancy pants degree, but I also don't think that that's enough. It really is about doing the work. Have you always had clients around the country or have you specialized in the area where you were living? I've always done this online and actually have some clients around the world. It's been really wonderful. Um, I don't understand when people say they have Zoom fatigue because I've been using Zoom far longer than it's been um, popularized by the pandemic times. Um, So all of my clients, for the most part, have been online. However, I've also in the past had a lot of in-person experiences And we're looking forward to, now that we're on the road, being able to do more in-person experiences on tour with our new RV life. Well, you should probably tell people what you're coaching about. It's not softball, is it? It is not. I am not a sports coach. That's a really good point. So I coach people who have what I call impatient ambition, people who have done some really great things, but they want a heck of a lot more and it's just not going fast enough. They want it and they want it yesterday. So I help them figure out how to go farther faster by getting out of their own way and making it happen. Very good. Do you provide this service to men and women? Men and women. Absolutely. I tend to attract more women into my coaching because I feel like a lot of women want to work with women and men want to work with men. I agree. But um, I work with all sorts of people, both entrepreneurial people, uh, digital nomads, as well as teachers and people who work in corporate America, everything in between. So the kind of person that would be an ideal client for you would be somebody who what? 
Somebody who feels like, you know what? I know I'm onto something. I know that I've paid my dues, but I'm just not giving myself enough credit and enough time to devote to what I really want to do. I've taken care of everybody else and it's my turn to really make my ambition soar. And it's very isolating. I feel like I'm the most ambitious person I know and everybody around me cheers me on, but they don't get me. If that is who you are, then you belong in my world. Okay. Very good. And is there a specific age group that you think when people start coming to this realization? Typically it's somebody in their forties or fifties tend to work with me. Again, I think that's kind of, you seek out mentors and you coaches that are kind of your contemporaries. So that tends to be who I work with. Um, But for the most part, it's somebody who's come to the realization that, you know what, I want so much more. I want it faster. I don't want to do it in like that bro-y hustle culture there, but there has to be a way and there has to be a community of people like me who are doing the same. So do you provide one-on-one services like oh, through the Zoom I call? do have some one-on-one services, but most of my clients actually work with me through my events or my membership. Okay. And so let's talk about that. What are the events that you offer? So I have this two-day virtual coaching event called No Matter What. And No Matter What is all about making a commitment, an unshakable commitment to yourself at that no matter what level. I am doing this no matter what. And so the no matter what event that I host is this two-day coaching experience that's intentionally intimate with 16 people where we help you figure out what those commitments are based on all that you've already done and recognize how far you've come, as well as planning out the next three months of how you're going to make it happen very quickly. Is this coaching intensive kind of thing? Is this in person or is it online as well? It is also virtual and it was intended to be in person, but then the pandemic had other thoughts and um, you can't postpone or cancel an event you literally named no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had to pivot and figure it out. Now I'm so grateful that it's a virtual event because that means people can participate in this very intensive coaching experience from the comfort of their own homes. And when we take a 15 minute break, they can turn off their camera, step away. And as one of my clients said so beautifully, I can pee in my own toilet and I don't have to wait in line for it and then come back and keep working. Oh, that's fun. And so how often do you provide this kind of two day event? We offer this every couple few months. So the next one we're doing is April 7th and 8th, and then we'll probably do another one in June. Okay. I understand you also provide a kind of all-in mastermind. What's that all about? Yes. So after you've attended the no matter what experience and you've said, okay, here's my commitments, it's time to go all in with that. And some of my clients, you know, I got the no matter what experience I'm set, but some of them want me in their corner every step of the way. So the all in mastermind is exactly that a 12 week experience where after you've made that, no matter what commitment, you are ready to just implement that. And you want to make sure you're not going it alone. So I have a group of up to 10 people that are in that mastermind for 12 weeks with me for guided facilitation coaching, but most importantly, implementing support to make sure again, that you're getting further faster. That's neat. I understand that you wrote a book as well with a really funny title. 
I did. I wrote a book with a funny title. I have a lot of humor in my work. So the title of my book is Hilda, Tackle Your Inner Naysayer, Get Out of Your Own Way, and Unleash Your Badassery. <laughs> and Hilda is the name that I give to that irksome, obnoxious voice in the back of your head who oh. tells you that you can't do anything. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't really want it anyway, and you shouldn't even try. So I named that whole voice, that whole negative thinking, Hilda. Apologies to anybody listening named Hilda, because it was the silliest name I could think of. And by talking about Hilda and using that as a tool for dealing with that inner critical voice, um, you're able to get out of your own way and make things happen. That's fun. I, I Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So what kind of things does your book provide or do, does it talk about? So my book gives you a sense of the fact that Hilda is on a mission to hold you back, to keep you stuck and safe and stifled for as long as possible. And it makes you realize that Hilda isn't mean. She just has a mean way about going about it. If you would just listen to her, you would never take another risk and you would never fail again. Unfortunately, you'd never succeed again, but Hilda's okay with that. Mm -hmm. So the purpose of this book is not to kill Hilda, but it's to normalize the fact that we hear these thoughts all the time in our head. And once you normalize that and you realize, okay, there's nothing wrong with me that I have that quite the opposite, right? Hilda is showing up because something matters to you. And so by tuning into that, instead of ignoring that voice, you can stop the self-sabotage and you can do something about it. I like to say to my clients that we're not on a mission to squash Hilda or pretend she doesn't exist. We're simply on a mission to shorten the amount of time that Hilda holds us back. I can imagine a bunch of people walking down the street, you know, mumbling to themselves, shut up, Hilda, shut up. Exactly. It is really funny. And I'll tell you that anytime I have a moment where people notice I'm like questioning myself or second guessing myself or holding myself back, they're like, I see Hilda there. <laughs> and it's a really funny, light way to deal with something that all of us deal with. Anybody with impatient ambition has that voice running with that commentary in the back of their head. And I think it's a good thing. It tells us that we're onto something that matters. I'd agree with that. Are you fluent in sign language? Your website kind of implies that. We sure are. Uh, you're really on top of your game. We are. Meredith and I actually met in college when we were studying deaf education. Meredith stuck with it. I, I defected. But we both are fluent in American Sign Language. See, I thought that was a skill that you needed when you're living in a 16-foot trailer so that when you're in a coaching <laughs> call, you can still communicate with each other. It does come in handy for that. It also comes in handy when you're in a loud place so we can continue to have a conversation without screaming at each other. Sure. Now, when we were talking before the interview began, you said that you're taking a kind of unique approach to this entire RV experiment and it's kind of developing it or looking at it from an experiential viewpoint rather than a strategy. What do you mean by that? You know, by definition, a strategy says... I have it all figured out. Like if I find the right strategy, I follow these steps, I'm guaranteed an outcome. And I have found, and Meredith has found, and we talk about this a lot in my coaching practice as well, that when you're searching for this perfect strategy, it's because you're searching for a guaranteed outcome. 
Anybody who is RVing knows that there's no such thing as a guaranteed outcome. And so by letting that go and saying, we're not going to strategize this whole thing, we're going to approach it as a fourth grade science experiment with, here's my thesis of what I think might happen. Here's how I'm going to test drive that theory. It allows you to get into action so much faster, even before you're confident. But it also allows you to just take it one step at a time. So when we started out on this whole journey, we didn't really know what we were doing. We had watched a gajillion YouTube videos and we had joined a handful of Facebook groups. So we had a place to ask technical questions. But the truth was we had to figure it out step by step. We had to figure out how to attach the tow vehicle to or the trailer to the tow vehicle. We had to figure out how to back it into a spot. We had to figure out how to um, when you unhitch that you're supposed to chalk first, yes. then unhitch. We learned that lesson the hard way somewhere in Arizona, like all of those things. If we had waited till we had it all figured out that we had proper training, I don't think we would have had the confidence to try. And so we like to approach everything as an experiment because then you don't need the confidence. You gain the confidence after you've tried. So we like to say that Yoda was wrong. He was cute, but he was wrong. There is a try and trying is really what gets you there. <laughs> That's a great point because I think a lot of people talk themselves out of doing this by thinking that they don't have enough skill talent, knowledge, whatever, to really jump into this. Yes, absolutely. And um, one thing that I would add on is that by, by couching it as an experiment, I didn't necessarily know how I was going to solve every problem that was going to come up, but I could trust that we would figure it out. And that has really taught us kind of a lot of life lessons that you know, you find yourself coming up against something hard or challenging, and you'll talk yourself out of it because you don't know what you're going to do, or you don't know how it's going to turn out. But if you instead kind of trust that you will figure it out and take it one baby step at a time, you gain the confidence and it moves you a lot further faster. And I would say that that whole that whole thing has really just been life and game changing for us. Yeah, because the experiment that we set out was, will we even like this untethered life of ours? We didn't know. And I think if we had approached it as a strategy, we would have felt like we needed to guarantee that this would suit us and that we'd be happy. Instead, we said, okay, let's just get to Birmingham. <laughs> and if we hate it, we'll sell the trailer and we'll figure something else out. But let's experiment with it and really see what is this like? And so by doing that, we were able to deter or defer the um, decision on whether or not we were sticking with this. But again, by the time we were in Flagstaff, Arizona, we were hooked. <laughs> <laughs> and that's only like six or seven hours from Los Angeles. So that was a, exactly. a quick yeah, adaptation. It, it did not take us very long to uh, fall in love with this lifestyle. And we kept having to remind ourselves, no decision until Alabama, no decision until <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> and, and you mentioned something earlier too, that you can become pretty much YouTube certified on anything now. So any question oh that you're going to have, all it takes is a couple of hours of research and watching a few videos and you'll have a relatively good grasp, comfortable grasp on whatever it is that you're trying to do in the RV lifestyle. It's so true. I, I really don't know what we did before we had what I call the University of YouTube, <laughs> but the University of YouTube is always there, always free and always amazing. And um, even when you find conflicting information, you can watch a few videos and figure it out. The other thing I would throw out to you, throw, throw out to anybody who's 
thinking, you know, maybe I do want to experiment with this, or maybe I want to change it up and try something new is the power of the Facebook groups that are specific to RRV. Like for example, there's a Facebook group for people who love or own the Airstream Nest. That group was so generous and so amazing at supporting us when we had every question, questions that they had heard a hundred times, they would still answer it and they didn't mind. And it was really interesting how quickly we found ourselves contributing answers and, and feedback and ideas to people who are newer than us and the folks noticing that. This community is the most supportive community we've ever been a part of. It's really mind bending. Meredith, what do you do on Jeannie's coaching? Or Jenny, yes, so Jenny is I, coaching. <laughs> yes, I recently retired from 20 years um, in education as um, a special education teacher and assistant principal. And during that time, I really fell in love with adult learning and figuring out how to support adults in their learning styles and really make sure that like their adults are living up to their fullest potential in order to serve the kids. And so I was able to take all that passion and transfer it over into becoming the CEO of Coach Jenny's business and really supporting with visioning and uh, making sure like we're sticking to that vision and making sure like the adult learning is really on point. And that's just been like such like fun for me, but then also kind of really improving the overall the overall like work and growth of all of the sessions that we lead. So that's been pretty amazing. Have you folks faced any challenges while you've been out on the road RVing? Yeah. I mean, I think for the RV part of the challenges, the hardest thing that we've had to face is that while we are approaching things as an experiment, we do like to know where we're sleeping tomorrow night. So Meredith, we had mapped out, you know, all the different places we're going, but in 2021, we ran into three different natural disasters, a hurricane, wildfires that we had to move around. And so learning how to be really um, nimble and changing our plans was a big thing. But then on the business side, the hardest part for me was taking the humble pie of Meredith coming in and seeing places where we could improve places where I could improve a group coaching experience or places where we could improve how we organize content or we organize um, business management things, anything like that. At first it was difficult as a one woman show for so many years to have somebody else look for upgrades because I was taking it personally. And so when you live in 112 square feet and you're taking it personally, that's an issue. So I had to learn how to really see that Meredith was just finding ways for us to provide better service and to make the business just hum better. And um, once I was able to kind of get out of my ego, uh, we've really come a long way. And now I, I couldn't be happier. Where do you plan to travel this summer? This summer, we're probably going to stay put as long as we can um, because we are waiting for our new trailer. Unfortunately, the trailer that was supposed to come in June has been delayed until at least mid-November. And so we're very, very bummed about that. We found out two days after we sold our trailer, our, our Airstream Nest, that the Pottery Barn Airstream was delayed that far. Um, but we, we definitely need to put our heads together and find a way to go on some kind of vacation because we're going to need to uh, get untethered from Alabama. Is there any advice you would give to people who are considering 
jumping into the RV lifestyle or becoming a work camper? I would say yes. There's no wrong way to do this. There's just your way. And figuring out your way is so important. But you're not going to figure it out before you're on the road. You're going to figure it out by approaching it as that experiment and just letting yourself get started. You want to have enough information that you do it safely obviously. But beyond that, you definitely want to just jump in there and see if this is for you. Don't wait until you have it all figured out. And just to to add on to that, I think a lot of um, uh, folks that offer advice on YouTube about camping say this is the way that you should do it. And a lot of things you should do, for example, safety things, right? Like that's not to be, (laughs) that's not to be playing around with. But in terms of like decisions about the lifestyle and decisions on how you live, um, we kind of took that word should out and figured it out for ourselves. And so that's been um, that's been really amazing as part of this journey is not listening to all the shoulds, but doing it the way that fits us. That's great because you're absolutely right. You know, there's you should chalk your RV when you're going to connect. <laughs> We've okay. learned that one. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely But, you know, whether you travel every three to five days or every week or every month, it really doesn't matter. It's up to your lifestyle and what what pace is comfortable to you. That is exactly really great example, because, you know, one of the things that I was like, this is a rule, the 330 rule. We're sticking to the 330 rule, which if you haven't heard, is that whole idea of don't travel more than 330 miles and always arrive by 330 in the afternoon. We realized we're more of a two o'clock kind of people. (laughs) We like to go at really short little stints so that we can set up camp and start exploring that town. We also realized that we like to travel on Tuesdays. Why Tuesdays? Because that's what fits best into the work calendar. And then we have the weekends where we are to explore what that place has going on on the weekends, the farmer's markets, et cetera. So you really have to figure out what your style of this lifestyle is and let it change as it needs to. That's great. Well, I thank you very much for sharing your story with us today. This has been inspirational and I hope other people will see that, you know, you can do this in a 19 or 16 foot RV if you need to. And absolutely great. Thank you so much. This has been so incredible. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank Jenny and Meredith Mustafa Julak for sharing their story with us. Their story is inspirational and that they didn't wait until they were old enough to retire and start traveling. Rather, they saw an opportunity to be location independent with their business and they jumped at the ability to enjoy a change of scenery every few days. Their approach to life on the road is relatively unique. They don't have a travel strategy because that implies they have everything figured out, their plans are well made, and there is a guaranteed outcome to those plans, which is not generally the case for full-time RVing. So Jenny and Meredith adopted an experiential approach instead, which was more like a fourth grade science experiment. They had a thesis about what might happen on the road and developed a plan to test their theory, but they certainly didn't feel a need to know everything before jumping into the RV lifestyle. Yes, they joined Facebook groups and watched a lot of YouTube videos, but they generally figured it out step by step as they went along. Meredith encourages more people to embrace RVing the same way because if they think about it too long and imagine everything that could go wrong, it works to talk people out of doing anything. It's the confidence gained through completing baby steps that motivated Jenny and Meredith to take the next step. 
They'd keep an open mind about what RVing would be like and promised they would not make a formal decision on whether to stick with it until they arrived in Alabama a few months after launching. Yet by the time they made it to Flagstaff, Arizona, which is only seven hours from Los Angeles, they were hooked on the lifestyle. Since then, they have adopted what they call the 330 rule in that they never travel more than 330 miles in a single day and always try to arrive by 3.30 p.m. so they have time to explore the new area. If you'd like to follow Jenny and Meredith's adventures or connect with them about coaching, visit www.coachjenny.com. That's coachjenny.com. Today's episode is sponsored by The Dreamer's Journey, It's an online course and community produced by WorkCamper News. Life is way too short to keep your dreams on hold, so don't be held back by fear because you were designed for more. Get started in the RV lifestyle the right way with this comprehensive guide. For just $29.95 for one year of access, Dreamers have unlimited viewing of 50 plus videos to learn things like what type of RV to buy, goal setting, how to budget for the adventure, developing a positive mindset, setting up a domicile, and operating a small business on the road, plus everything about work camping, how to find the right job for you. Each video is 30 to 90 minutes long to give in-depth coverage on each topic. There's no wrong time to get started. So for more information, visit www.rvdreamersjourney.com. That's all I have planned for today's show. On the next episode, I'll be speaking with an employer who is looking for campground help this spring near Rapid City, South Dakota. I'll provide more details on the next episode of The Work Camper Show. Until then, now that spring has arrived, be sure to dust off and dewinterize your RV and go experience a change of scenery. Thanks for listening.